I lost my daughter from 14, 15, 16. She started doing drugs. That put her on the path of drug addiction. Continued down that path and eventually killed herself with her addiction. And then if you fast forward, my two grandsons, they both were victims to fentanyl. Why would that happen? Why would that happen to two of my grandchildren? You know, that puts you uh, at some place where you have to figure out, how am I going to survive this? But I don't want to just survive it. I want to survive it and thrive. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as soul sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Soul Sisters Get Real. This is your host, Eleni and Karen. And today, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about gratitude. How do we hold gratitude when something unimaginable has happened to us? With our guest today, her name is Sharon Major. She has lost her daughter and her two grandsons to drug addiction. She is the author of a book called Many Shades of Grief, Honoring the Brokenhearted. She's an artist, author, hypnotist and certified hypnosis instructor who as a mentor shines her golden heart to light the way for her students' expansion and growth. Her art and her writing reach to the core of oneself and they provide a path to wholeness. Welcome, Sharon Major. So good to have you here today. I am so grateful to be here today. Thank you for having me. So um, tell us about how this all came about. Tell us about your story um, with your daughter and your grandchildren. Let's go back to that and where you were before you found gratitude, so the before scene. Well, I guess um, what I want to say is sometimes it's hard to find gratitude when you've you know, you're you're down in that deep, dark place where it's hard to see anything except the darkness. And um, I lost my daughter, um, you know, at the age of 12. Um, it's like some sort of veil dropped down over her face. And, and she just, uh, you could see all the light go out of her eye, eyes. And from that point forward, like from 14, 15, 16, she started doing drugs, and then uh, that put her on the path of drug addiction, literally. We'd been in and out of a therapist's office, and we had literally tried everything. She ended up marrying, had four children, um, and continued down that path and uh, eventually killed herself with her addiction. One of the things that we found out through, I, I always knew that there was something wrong with her, but I had absolutely no idea what it was. It's just a mother's intuition. And uh, in the end, um, I discovered through uh, some work that, which not through the therapist's office, but some hypnosis that I did with her, that she had been um, um, gang raped by four men at the age of 11. Mm. And that was under all of her addiction. 
So mm. it was a hard journey. You know, that's a hard journey to make with anyone, uh, with your child in particular. And then if you fast forward, um, then with my two grandsons, they both were victims to um, fentanyl. Uh, and and so uh, that is, um, you know, those are deaths that are totally unexpected and they are so young that it's difficult to wrap your head around why, why would that, why would that happen? Why would that happen um, to two of my grandchildren? Not just one, yeah. but to two of them. And so, um, you know, that puts you uh, at some place where you have to figure out, how am I going to survive this? But I don't yeah. want to just survive it. I want to survive it and thrive. Absolutely. And but can so, we just back, back, go back a bit? Because that yeah. just seemed like a lot of things that happened in, in that time that we've just fast forwarded through. So at the time that you're, you know, this happened with your daughter, first of all, what can you say what drugs it was that she was on? My daughter, um, yeah. she always did, um, um, at that time, amphetamines, those types of drugs. Okay. But okay. also she did a lot of drug seeking through going to the hospital and getting drugs that the hospital would give her. Um, so it was the, that type of drugs. In her case, it was addiction. I mean, she was literally addicted to drugs. And once they got a hold of her, she she never could never could turn loose of them. And, and how were you feeling as a mother during this time? This is what I really want to hear. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't have enough words probably to tell you. Um, sad, frustrated, um, c compassion, you know, compassion for what I saw. Um, worried, of course, worried, knowing at some point um um, just feeling like at some point she could possibly kill herself with her drugs, which she eventually did. So all of those things, a lot of frustration with the medical field because their way of dealing with it was just turn, turn, turn their eye the other way. I remember, I remember one time she was in the hospital and she had sores and, um, and they were from her addiction. And I went to the doctor and I said, look, she's addicted to drugs and he looked at me and uh, proceeded to give her more drugs and and i remember being so angry about that that mm -hmm. there seemed to be no uh solution within the medical field whatsoever to that i think that we have progressed somewhat uh, but back then uh, you could easily go from hospital to hospital and get whatever drug you wanted and yeah. so for her she was a nurse, so she was smart enough to be able to get her drugs uh, yes. in multiple ways. Right. And you know what I'm hearing, and I can attest to having a son that also passed away, is the emotions are all over the place. So, like, what are you feeling? Oh, my gosh. Like, you can't even describe it, right? So there's anger. You know, I had the anger for a while around the man that pulled in front of my son that was driving. There's the, right, the sadness, the frustration. And then... The point that you brought in is the why. The why is a big question that we ask for quite a while before we yes. find that gratitude. Well, and that seeking of why is really, um, was in many ways my saving grace because I needed answers to all this. You know, why mm -hmm. does a person go down the road of addiction? That was number one. 
And really, what is addiction? Why can't people let it go? That was number two. Um, and so I needed answers for that. And I needed answers for how do you survive grief and come out intact? Uh, so that was a big question. So that put me on the quest of, you know, what is grief? How how does it, um, how do you work your way through it and come out on the other side intact? Yeah. yeah. And then to have it repeat, like you said, with your grandchildren, mm -hmm. what was what was going on for you then? Well, here is um, the interesting thing about that. Of course, over the years, I've learned a lot and I've learned how, um, you know, that patterns of behavior can be repeated down generationally. So mm. my daughter actually died from mixing methadone with, um, at that point, she, she never drank earlier, but at that point she had picked up drinking the last few years in her life. I believe she mixed uh, methadone with drinking. And so um, I feel like with her son, it would have been her son. Um, I feel like with her son, what happened, I think that there was a generational thing that was passed forward to him. He died of methadone, the exact same drug. Wow. And mixing it with something else. And so when I look at that and I look at that trauma, so there was unresolved trauma with my daughter that I believe was passed forward to my grandson to play out mm -hmm. in some way. So um, if, you know, if, if your trauma is not resolved in one generation, it'll pass forward to further generations. And so I, I think that that's probably what happened with him. Um, mm -hmm. my, with my other grandson, he was just like many of the young kids today. He thought he, he actually, I, I believe, thought he was taking Xanax and uh, he was given a drug that was a horse tranquilizer with uh, fentanyl in it. And there was enough horse tranquilizer three times what a person could. It, it was instant. His death was instant. Wow. So, and you know, different circumstances. Right, right. And I, you know, I want to say that I have met you. I met you at a hypnosis conference many years ago. And when my son, Josh, passed away, you were such a guiding light for me and your grace and the way that you would speak about all of this loss in your life. I've always admired you and how you have moved through it. So I want to say thank you for showing up for so many of us that need a mentor that think to ourselves, how did you do it? And then looking at you as an example. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you didn't see me on those days that I was, uh, you know, those dark days, but I think God did, you know, so uh, probably that's what counts, you know? Yeah. And, and Sharon, in terms of that question and that quest to answer that question about why, um, what did, how did you arrive at an answer? Did you arrive at an answer? What actually happened to get your answer? Um, um, <laughs> many, many things, but I'm going to um, share with you one of the things that really was key in it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with non-dominant handwriting. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. So but, that, I know but our listeners might not be, so it's best that you give a little explanation. Okay. So uh, non-dominant handwriting is writing with your opposite hand. And the advantages of non-dominant handwriting is it gives the analytical mind out of the way. 
and it allows um, the subconscious mind to come in. And then um, so it kind of clears so that you become more of a clear channel with your writing is the way I want to say. But for myself, when I non-dominant handwrite, I can do it two ways. I can non-dominant handwrite with just trying to gather information for myself or I can non-dominant handwrite and channel something. So I, I channel Carl Jung almost daily with my non-dominant handwriting. Wow. Um, there's other channeling that I do. Actually, I was going to, if you don't, if you don't mind, I was going to read you a little piece that I channeled about gratitude. I love um, it. Would you like to hear it? Well, first let's go to the answer of this why question okay. before we move on to that. Yeah. So, uh, the why is there was just, just burning questions, all these questions in my mind about what is grief? What is the truth about grief? Because there's a lot of things you can read about grief, but you know, many of those things didn't really resonate with me. I wanted to know the truth about grief. I wanted to know what does science say about grief? And so um, it's, it was really interesting. I found out many things that science said that surprised me. One of them was I found out, I believe it is uh, Frances O'Connor who had written um, that um, it, one thing that is absolutely critical in the grieving process is that you continue to have a relationship with the person that you, um, that you have lost. That yeah. was a saving grace for me because with all of my people that I've lost, um, I have continued to have a relationship. Um, the other um, question of why is, um, why do some people get stuck in grief and why do some people move forward from grief? And that just seems such a curiosity to me. And I did a lot of studying on that. And um, I, I just found so many answers and each answer would bring me to the next one, to the next one, the next one. But in the meantime, I'm um, non-dominant handwriting and I'm, I'm writing uh, these little daily thoughts about my experience of grief. And I just, I start out with just writing these little daily thoughts, period. And then all of a sudden, uh, non-dominant handwriting. All of a sudden, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I didn't set out to write a book. Um, it just kind of flowed out through these little daily thoughts, one thought at a time. You talk about writing a book one day at a time, one thought at a time. So it was one thought at a time that I was writing. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm writing a book about grief. And that just opened the door up to this book that um, went down every avenue that you could ever imagine about grief. And hopefully at some point that book will be able to help people. But does that answer your question? I hope I'm not moving off on that too much. Well, you said, Sharon, that, you know, when all this happened to you with, with your daughter and your grandchildren, that you wanted to find out why it happened. So how did you find out why it happened? And did you get an answer to that? Um, I believe I did. Believe it or not. Um, I believe that we, before we incarnate, we do pre-plan some events that are going to happen in our life and happen on our journey. And I believe in part, some of these events um, were connected to me in that respect. So um, this is kind of complicated. Um, so my daughter's death 
was really what put me on the path of the work that I do Mm -hmm. and the work that I share with people every day. And I think that that points to the importance of when you lose someone, it's terribly important to have something that you're passionate about. And so that was one of the things It just sort of put me on that path. And then um, my wanting to know why, why did that happen to my daughter? Why did that happen to my grandson? Why did it happen to my other grandson? There aren't any complete answers to why, but I did, I was able to piece together the why of my first grandson uh, was there was a generational wound that was passed forward that was lived out through him. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we uh, definitely as individuals, we don't recognize that that can happen. And so once I recognized, oh my gosh, that was played out. That was an unresolved trauma that was played out through her son, not her, but through her son. So that was, and that happened simultaneously to me, you know, like, um, when uh, they started publishing that you can you can fast forward uh, soul wounds and trauma through your generations, up to three generations. And so as I'm learning this, I'm putting these pieces together about uh, my grandson and my daughter, and I'm going, oh my gosh, it is a perfect example of why for him. The why of my youngest grandson, I'm not sure. I don't have mm-hmm. the answer on that one yet. I'm sure that... I'm asking, I'm sure I'm going to get the answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but sometimes if you, if you understand that everything that happens in your life is purposeful, even life, you know, life and death, there, it's, it's purposeful. It's part of living. And it's something that we all experience. But the why that I really figured out in the end was the why was, um, and the, the why for me that was important was a learning that I loved greatly was connected to my grieving greatly. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the yeah. more you love, <laughs> the more difficult that that can make that grieving process in many ways. True. That is very profound. Yes. Totally, totally. And so that led you, you know, you said a very important point, which is, you know, that with with your daughter passing, it led you to the work that you're doing today. Yes. So, you know, the, she had she had her own soul's purpose as what she needed to do in her life. And you had your soul's purpose in being her mother. And you're giving this gift to the world about grief and gratitude. So tell us more about that and how that unraveled. Well, I think I think because uh, because I was so curious, you know, it was just this this burning curiosity for me. I just felt like I had to learn more and more and more. Um, it's not just that. Also, um, I I don't I have a shaman that works in my office, and he's uh, extremely gifted, and he has the the ability to speak to people and to speak to people on the other side or channel them. So with each one of those deaths, every single one of them, I have communicated to. They have talked to me. And so having that very 
big privilege. That's a privilege um, has just given me a confidence in a knowing that um, after death, there's so much more. It's such mm-hmm. a bigger, broader picture. And so for me, it is looking at that broader picture rather than looking at that real small picture that um, usually we look at when we think about death. And that bigger picture is they are on the other side and they're cheering us on and they Mm -hmm. are still connected to us. And uh, what science has proven is the healthier people moving through grief are the ones that are still connected to their loved ones on the other side and have Mm -hmm. that awareness and have that connection. So that's interesting to me that now that's what science is proving out for us. Because what society always wants to tell us is, oh, just get over it. You know, it's been this long. It's been it's been two years, get over it. It's been five years, you need to get over it. It's been 10 years, you need to get over it. Well, I'm going to tell you what, when um, you love someone greatly, they are still a part of you, no matter what. And science is teaching us that you're, When you have deep relationships with people, it becomes encoded in your brain. And so this uh, this constant seeking and and um, a feeling like they're always there, feeling like they may walk up the door, you know, anytime. That's because it's encoded in your brain. And so just uh, finding all that stuff out and understanding all that stuff. The more I the more I learn, the more I realized I don't know. I don't know anything. And the more I have wanted to learn. So it, as I walk through that dark place of grief, which is you can't go through grief without walking through it. um, It allowed me to look back on my journey and say, and see the miracle that life really is, how precious life really is. And uh, it's given me a deep, deep gratitude for what that is now so it's sort of like grief and gratitude so experience the grief has given me the gratitude for who i am today for where i am today and for what i am today and that and others in relationships with other people because i don't take any relationship for granted now now Mm -hmm. i a deeply appreciate every relationship that I have. And so that's a wonderful opportunity. Um, and it's, so it's a kind of a different perspective about grief. It is a perspective of there's grief, but there is beauty in life after grief. And I think mm-hmm. that when you're grieving, you need someone to be able to tell you that. Because yeah. when you're when you're in that first throes of grief, you don't even know that. All you can see is just this darkness. And so having somebody to tell you that, I think, can be a lifeline for many people. Yes, you brought up so many great points. First of all, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I know you like me. I want everyone to know that is feeling that emotion of grief that a their loved one is still here and that they have an opportunity to have a relationship with them. And you mentioned that. And secondly, because my son's one of my son's best buddies just died on Sunday, um, feeling that grief again and feeling it in your entire body, not just your brain encodes it. Like I feel like we 
food feel in her body. It's so visceral. And then also that third point of that grief, when you're really in that dark place, you, you think to yourself, am I ever going to feel okay again? Because it hurts so bad. And yes. you, you question like, am I ever going to feel normal again? I, I don't like, I don't want to stay here, right? Like no one wants to stay in grief is, is what I believe. And having gratitude is one of the things, like you just said, that helps shift us out of it. And it's even gratitude about having tomorrow. And that sounds yes. so cliche, but it's so true because when we're done, we don't get to feel life anymore. And just being grateful that we are here and not whoever is here with us is with us. But it does take, take some time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so with gratitude, Sharon, um, what give us some of your life hacks. Okay. <laughs> so um, here's something to think about. So a gratitude has a um, a vibrational frequency of I think 540 is what it is, and then um, along with grief comes um, grief, anger, fear, apathy, guilt, shame. It's vibra mm -hmm. vibrational frequency. All those are around in the 30 or 40 range. Think about this, but grief is up in the 500 range. So love is 500. And um, joy is 540, and grief is right in between those. So if you think about your energy every day as you go through life, everybody is aware of energy, but everybody is not aware of energy. That makes sense. All right, so you know when you roll out of bed in the morning, when your energy is low and you're not feeling quite right, and your energy is off. And you also know when your energy is way up there and you're really uh, high and feeling really mm -hmm. good. And you know when... You um, talk to someone and they give you really good energy. You feel great when you, you walk away from them. Or you talk to someone and all they do is complain and complain and complain. And they suck out your energy and you just feel like a deflated balloon by the time you walk away from them. So mm -hmm. if you are if you're in grief, your energy is like in that 50, 40 range. It's really, really low. And that's what's so hard about bringing yourself up out of grief. Your energy is deflated because it takes so much energy to grieve. It's diverted to grieve. And because it's diverted to grieve, then your available energy for everyday functioning is really, really low. Mm -hmm. So gratitude is so high up there that um, you cannot experience two emotions at one time. You can be grateful, and um, but you can't be grateful and feel shame at the same time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. either you're either in the vibrational frequency of shame, or you're in the vibrational frequency of gratefulness. So the tricky part is that. As you're walking down this grief road, as anyone's walking down a grief road, it doesn't have to be grief if you're just having a particularly sad day. When you focus on those things that you're grat you're grateful for or you have gratitude for, it brings that vibrational frequency up to that 500, that mid 500 level. That's the same as like love and joy. Um, and it pulls you up out of that those lower vibrational frequencies. 
So that's why it's so important. I mean, people say, well, practice gratitude, practice gratitude, practice gratitude. But the reason it's important to practice gratitude is because it's a high frequency emotion. And um, so it, it counters those lower frequencies that you can have when you're grieving or sad or whatever might be mm. going on in your life. So that's one of the reasons that's incredibly important for us to, um, to have that, to practice that frequency every day. But if you give me a second, I want to read what I channeled this morning. Yes, yes, because please. Because I think it ties right into it. So yeah. this, is a, this is a channel. Every once in a while, I'll channel the G. I can channel G. So I said... Uh, oh, sorry, you, you channeled the G? Is that what you yeah. said? God, I channeled God. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wanted to make and sure we're on the same page. As then I channel. call him G when I'm writing, okay? Okay. So, um, so I say, what do you want people to know about gratitude? And G says, to have a grateful heart is a higher frequency matching love. When you incarnate, you are open to receiving love. But as a society teaches you, you close your heart to love and gratitude. Have you ever seen a child when they examined a flower or an insect? Their heart is open and they are grateful for the experience. That is gratitude. Now, not just saying I'm grateful, but experiencing it with an open heart. You have to experience it in your heart. I hear your gratitude every day. And when I hear your gratitudes, I can shower you with blessings. Gratitude is a two-way road. I am grateful for your faithfulness. Have an awesome interview today. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's lovely. That, that was my channeling for today. But I think um, there was there was points in there that are really, really important. And that is as we get older, um, we might mouth we're, we, are, we have gratitude, but we forget to feel it in our body. Mm. And you have to have both. You have to be able to both feel it in your body and say it at the same time. Yeah. Sharon, for those people who are still in that place, that dark place, that very, very dark place, for whatever reason, for whatever circumstances are going on in their lives, how, how can you um, help them to find gratitude? Gratitude starts one little thing at a time. It doesn't have to be gratitude for something big. It can be gratitude for something small. Mm -hmm. So um, I had another channeling about gratitude and it pointed out that you should, before you fall asleep at night, you should in your mind go through what you're grateful for, mm -hmm. for that day. And that will set your sleep so that you, that you'll sleep much better. And when you wake up in the morning, you say your gratitude before you put your feet on the floor. And that will set the vibrational frequency for that day. So if you have just one small gratitude that you woke up and you opened your eyes and you said, I'm grateful for this, what you have actually done is brought up your frequency to that 540 range or whatever it is instantly to start your day with. So I think that it's not as hard or not as big as most people think. Most people think, oh, I have to be grateful all day long, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's all this self-talk you get about how hard it is. It is not 
Mm. Everybody, even in that dark place, everybody can find one thing that they're grateful for. So start with one thing. And it may be the same thing every day, but you brought your vibrational frequency up every day, even if it's the same thing every day, even if it's one small thing every day. Hey, we're not looking for big gratitudes. We're just looking for the emotion and the vibrational frequency of gratitude. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I used to, you know, ask my clients to keep a gratitude journal and the the little trick was that they couldn't actually put the same three things again. So I used to say three things before you go to sleep, but they have to be different things the next day. And where I found the magic was is that they would find, because they ran out of the big things, they could no longer be great, grateful for, they couldn't write, I'm grateful for my house, for my parents, for my children, for my partner, whatever. They had to then find, because it kept going, little things. Yeah. And that's where the magic is, like, the fact that the sun is shining on my skin, the fact that this beautiful flower, the fact that, you know, I'm looking at this person and they've got this smile, the fact that I'm connecting this way. So I really believe that the magic with gratitude is in the small stuff, is in the little things because there's magic everywhere. Yes, and then that's when you start stepping into having joy in life. And when you start stepping into having joy in life, then people – People respond to you and you respond to people as well. And doors open to you that were closed to you before. And you can uh, step into a place of. So one of the things that's hard about being in a dark place is you disconnect from you disconnect from God. and You disconnect from creativity. Period. Mm-hmm. So when when that happens, when you disconnect from creativity, when you. I guess I, I don't, when you disconnect from creativity, that is an important piece that can bring you out of that dark place, you know? So even if, um, when, when I was in the worst of times, I, um, made some of my best artwork because it was about, um, the art was about the expressing that loss that I didn't have words for, you know, so, um, and, but it didn't have to be big. It didn't have to be a lot. It could be just a small piece. So what people, people kind of get in their head that they have to do big things to make changes. It's not big things. It's little things day after day. So (laughs) when you make little changes day after day, one day you wake up and you go, Hmm. My heart is singing. Yeah. You know, rather than where you were. Right. Right. I have to say when my son Josh uh, passed away, I remember saying, and I wrote in my journal that I could not wake up in the morning and say good morning to my boys, my other boys and whoever would show up that day for those first couple of weeks. That's kind of crazy in and out. I could say morning, but I could not bring myself to say good morning because it was not good. And I also, though, remember waking up every morning and being thankful for the one thing, and that was that the sun was shining. And that was it. That was all I could muster up for the first couple of weeks is be grateful the sun is shining and say morning. And that was it. So it is a process, and it's just the little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just start with the little things. You start with the little things, 
And then they, it's like exercising. You, when you start to exercise, you don't go out and you don't run a mile. You go out and you walk. <laughs> Let me tell you what, you walk, <laughs> uh, you walk a little bit and then you add to it and then you add to it. And then before you know it, you can run a mile. So it's the same thing. You start with a small gratitude and then um, add another one to it and add another one. Um, and then before you know it, you, your whole life will be changing because you are tuning into a different vibrational frequency. And so a lot of times we're afraid to think about uh, the bad things. We, want, mm. uh, we have a habit to run from the bad things that happen mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's very common. It's very normal. But in all honesty, um, my remembering the loss of my daughter and my two grandsons, those are the very things that m let me know how precious life actually is now. And I would not have that awareness. And, and in that is the remembering of the bad of that, um, you know, and so uh, remembering the bad of it is counterbalanced with the being able to be grateful for what I have and who I am and what my life is now and the yes. journey that is taking me on. Goodness gracious, is taking me on a huge learning journey. Uh, and so that is really, that makes me feel good. Yeah, that's a really important point, Sharon, because so many people run away from the pain and don't want to feel the pain. And what, you know, it, it, we're not talking here in this show, we're not saying just be grateful, even if something happens to your children. What we're saying is to stay in the pain, just like Karen did for whatever time when she could not say good morning, that's okay. Don't make that wrong. She just couldn't say good morning. So stay in the pain, but also find the little pockets of gratitude during the day that you can be grateful for. And then slowly, slowly, that gratitude piece is going to get bigger and bigger until you find that peace within you. Is, is, would, that, would I be right with that's what we're saying here, Sharon? Yes. Yeah, well, and sometimes it's um, – I, I, try, I try to teach my clients to kind of take a um, – a, try to remember to when they're down in that pain to observe themselves mm. and observe themselves in that pain. And uh, if you can observe yourself in that pain, it is a very good way to move yourself through the pain on the other side of it, yeah. rather than getting just completely demolished. By it. So um, in observing yourself, like, like you, Karen, you observed, you couldn't say good morning. Mm. It was just morning, you know. Mm -hmm. So being able to observe that, though gave you the tool to eventually do you stay good morning now oh absolutely yes yeah yeah so absolutely. it was it was a tool that allowed you to be able to come to the point where you could actually say good morning because you you had this observation that i can't say good morning that's not good that's not bad it's not about making judgment about where you are so it is about having acceptance of where you are because where you are is where you are. I had to accept losing my daughter. I had to accept losing my grandsons. It was very difficult. Losing my daughter was hard, but it was also difficult to lose my um, grandson because 
I had to watch my daughter go through grief. Wow, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if there's one thing that you'd like to to tell our, our listeners and our viewers, what would it be, Sharon? When you were powerful, we're all powerful. We all have the power to take ourselves where we need to go. But sometimes we forget that. So just remembering that you have within you the strength to do what you need to do and the power to get to where you need to go. That's all you have to remember. And the the way and the how and the why of it, it'll kind mm-hmm. of unfold. So, I mean, look at Karen, look at you. you. You lost your son. Look at how powerful you are. You're yeah. showing everybody how powerful you are. And everyone has it within themselves to deal with whatever comes their way. But Mm -hmm. you have to remember that you're powerful. Wow. Tap into that. Thank you so much, Sharon, for um, shining your light and really so much respect for your journey and the courage that it's taken to be where you're at so that you are shining your light and you haven't, um, you know, all these circumstances, these incredible circumstances that have happened to you, you've you've become even closer to who you really are by shining your light and helping others. So thank you so much. Thank yes. you for having me today. It's an honor. And I want, yes, and I want to say thank you for being an example for so many because like I was saying to my son is it it surprises me all the time that everyone experiences death. And everyone experiences death of their own body and themselves and those that they love. And it amazes me how it can be so painful and so hard. And yet everyone goes through it. And we need people like you in this world Mm. to help show us how to get through it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for watching. We hope you loved it. And if you did, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.